Welcome back to the Fit CFO Show. I'm your host, Amanda Hankwist, and together with my husband, Sean, we created this podcast as a way to help you reach your business's financial goals. We will break down common financial myths and mistakes in business and share with you the tools and knowledge to take your business to the next level. Our hope is that you will become financially equipped for success in your business and in turn help our mission to make this world a healthier place. show, Sean and I have the pleasure of talking with Nick Ross, host of Circle the W. Nick is a cancer survivor, future IFBB pro, business leader, and motivational speaker. This is a podcast on winning the day, creating small wins that when deposited daily can be withdrawn for massive and radical change in your future. This is fuel for your highest self. Today, we're going to talk about the strategy of getting unstuck financially in your business and in your life. Let's welcome Nick to the show. Hey, Nick, thanks for being on the show today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure and honor to be here with you guys. Absolutely. Sean and I are super excited to chat with you today. And we just got back from Nashville. We're bummed we didn't get to see you there. But yeah, Nash Vegas. You know, we're going to have fun here. <laughs> you know, it's funny, the, the that was an eye opener. Yeah. Well, the one time we had free, it was pouring outside. So we didn't, we didn't do a whole lot. So we'll have to have a redo after after a while, but yeah. Did you see any woo girls? That's what we call them. This is the bachelorette capital of the world. So they just oh, run around screaming. Tons. Woo girls. Yeah. Tons. Yeah. Every <laughs> turn to a man. I'm like, what the hell is going on? I've never seen so many 25 year old girls with cowboy hats and yeah. cowboy boots and white stuff on. I'm like, what Nailed. the hell is going on? <laughs> yeah. I'd say probably like seven, eight, maybe 10 years ago, it just became the spot for bachelorette parties. That's for sure. I didn't know that. I really didn't know that, but it was fun. Well, you live in a cool place, man. That's awesome. Yeah, I yeah. love it. I I lived here. I moved here from Hollywood, California, and I I never left. Oh so wow! I've been here about thirteen years now. Oh wow! So you've lived in some fun places. We are smack in the middle of the country and have never left. <laughs> a bunch of country bumpkins, I guess. Oh well. Yeah, well, yeah. Let's go ahead and get started today. So I wanted to really dive into. Um, you know, you have a really cool podcast, Circle the W, and I love how you talk about stacking up the W's. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it kind of correlates with with where you're at with prep right now. And it's and it's crazy how um, when you go through competition prep, how reflective that is on your overall life. I mean, you can use so many of those mental strategies for that kind of a lifestyle just in in everywhere of your life. Um, and so I think that. It's just really cool the way you circle all that around into your podcast. And today we really wanted to talk about, um, you know, like the strategy of getting unstuck. And I think that goes for for multiple ways. Obviously, this is the Fit CFO show. So we we want to talk about that from a financial perspective. But you are a businessman. And um, so we're excited to hear from you on your perspective of that as well. Yeah. I mean, you have a decision in life. You can stay stuck or you can move forward, whether that's going to be in personal development, relationships, your business, um, spirituality, whatever you want to do, that framework that you want to run, continue to get the same results or make some changes and move forward towards your highest self and your goals and your core desires. And the first thing that you have to do for me is you have to get clarity. You have to get vision. The key word here is vision drives decisions and decisions then drive your actions or your lack of actions. And your actions then drive your results. And that's a core concept that comes from NLP, Neuro Linguistics Programming, which I do believe is really the best methodology if you're trying to move forward through a painful experience, whether that is personal 
in the past, something that's going to happen in the future in your business and your finances. You have to be able to understand the sequencing of events from experience to result. And once you're able to, it's actually an algorithm for success. It's ones and zeros, as Tony Robbins talks about. But once you can get absolute clarity, and I'm not talking about, I want some more, I want to make more money. Great. Here's a dollar. Get out of here. You know, I'm talking about, I want to make X amount of dollars by the end of this year. I'm picturing going to the bank. What is the bank teller's name? What is the music that I'm listening to? What kind of, is it the summertime? Is it bright outside? What's, what car am I driving? Imagining my hands around the steering wheel and getting like that kind of crystal clear clarity on what you want. Because if you do not get evidence criteria of what you want, then how can you satisfy yourself and how can anyone else satisfy you? Now we all know like, Hey, let's write it down our goals. Let's get some clarity of what we want. And people do that. But I ask people all the time, like, what do you want in life? And they don't, they have no clue. And that's a real problem. And then the other is, is creating the polarity. So we have getting evidence criteria of what we want, but you also have to get evidence criteria of what you don't want. It's easier to move away from what you don't want and then get momentum going forward than trying to spend all the time you know, getting a picture perfect plan set. It's, it's like make a decision, move forward, adjust and go from there. But you have to create a polarity point a point B absolutely hell no to this. And this is what I want. Now you have a path in between. Now you have a journey, you have a compelling future. You have a reason to move forward. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you hit so many amazing points there and and I like to call them them boundaries. And I love how you talk a lot about, is this going to help or hinder my progress? Is this going to help me turn into the individual that I am trying to become? Or is this going to make me go backwards? And I think about that a lot in my everyday life, you know, sleeping in, is this going to help me or hurt me? I mean, even, even the littlest, tiniest things. But you recently did an episode about getting stuck. And I think it relates so much to the clients that we work with, because I feel like they're doing like so many different things as entrepreneurs, like entrepreneurs, we have so many things on our plate, so many things to do, but oftentimes um, we try to do things that are not, you know, that we're not that good at. And so then we end up kind of being mediocre at it, right? Where if we could have just maybe handed it off to somebody that is good at it, then we could have really honed in on our our focus, what we really are good at. And so I think, you know, from, from our end of things, that's one strategy of, of getting unstuck as well. Yeah. You, I think that's really the hardest thing in leadership in, in business. You are a solopreneur, you are the leader of yourself, and eventually you are going to bring people into your business to help and grow that, but handing off those responsibilities because you, as an entrepreneur, you're used to doing everything. Now that I might be handing something off to someone, I feel like, well, shit, I'm not doing my job or I'm not doing enough. And where we're at currently with our company, BCI and NCI, we're in, we're in people development phase right now. And that's exactly what I'm doing as a sales director is handing off responsibility to other people. And you think like, oh, I'm adding more to their plate. But what I found, and it was almost surprisingly that they all rose to the occasion and asked for more. Mm. The reason being is because, and this also goes back to NLP, is all human beings have what's called six dominant driving forces. This is the reasons why your feet hit the ground and you get after whatever you're going to get after in a day. And two of the most important to all human beings is significance and contribution, especially on a team. So if you can give someone a new task or responsibility and let them know, 
here's the reason how it's going to help the team. That goes into their dominant driving force of contribution, and they'll want to get it done for you. And you're growing and you're learning, right? And if I can hand off a couple balls that I don't no longer need to juggle and someone else can juggle in, then guess what I get to do as the entrepreneur? I get to do the things that only I can do, which is go out, grow the business, the contacts, the networking, et cetera. So yeah, it's it's tough to do, but once you do it, it's it's probably the most important part of growing your business and scaling it, the trust there. And and absolutely you make a great point because too, like it's almost selfish to keep somebody from being able to evolve and learn that is in a different role that could do a better job than you, but you're holding on to that task so tightly because you're afraid to let it go when it, it could ultimately help your cause. Yeah. And I do believe watching other people succeed feels better than when I succeed myself. And I 100% agree. And, and there's, there's a reason for that. You know, we all know about dopamine and we're in this dopamine pandemic as a society of just drip, 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 drip. And, but there's the other one, there's serotonin and oxytocin. And these are dumped in our brain when we see acts of kindness or we do acts of kindness for others, it feels good. So you want to continue to do that. And as a leader, you have to be able to, you know, manage the dichotomy of relationship and responsibility, right? Like you can't build too much of a responsibility with your people or uh, relationship where your best friends and they don't do anything. Right. Right. You can't like draw a line in the sand about everything and be a hard ass and not allow people to try new things and develop and fail. You know, I used to work with like old managers that like it was a job security thing for them to not teach me something. And that okay. was really frustrating, right? They didn't yeah. want to teach you because they were the only person that knew how to do it. And guess what? When that person eventually got fired, mm-hmm. I, I, who was in charge of the place, didn't know how to do about 25 things. And I didn't know where this was and that was, and right. you know, I made a mess. I love what you said about um, watching others succeed. And even like, even something as small as giving somebody a compliment or, Um, I guess one example that came to my mind was when I had my insurance agency, we used to do birthday phone calls. We we would call all of our clients just to call them and wish them a happy birthday. And of course they're, they're thinking we like want to sell them something, but legitimate, that was our only task was to call them and wish them a happy birthday. And, and it was amazing once they realized that that was all we were doing, like their demeanor just completely changed over the phone. Like, Oh, great. Thank you. You know, they were so happy about it. Yeah, that would be one hell of a sales tactic. Happy birthday. You want to buy my product? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was curious about, you know, I I love the podcast. I've been listening to it quite a bit lately, but what compelled you to start that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, When I'm 38 now, so actually about this time, six years ago, I had started chemotherapy and my chemotherapy schedule was the heaviest that they could give a person my age within a two month window. So I had chemotherapy five hours, I'm sorry, five days a week, eight hours a day, every other week for two months. So it was literally a job for two months. Is that like you're saying, just like, give me all you got, let's just go to 10 or what was. Uh, There's so many feelings that sitting in that place gives you. Um, It's just like a mindset. That's where I really learned that when I only wanted one thing, when I wanted to survive and I was willing to do whatever it took to survive and I made it out of that chaos, I realized like, shit, if you had that same mentality in every area of your life, you'd be limitless. 
And so when I got better, you know, I was listening to a podcast that I had found. I found two people at the same time. I found at, in the chemo ward, listening to podcasts. One was Ed Milet. I'm sorry. First was Andy Frazella, which was then called the MF CEO. Yep. That led me to Ed Milet. And those two radically transformed my life. And Andy used to ask this question, like, if you can be great in one area of your life, why can you not be great in every area of your life? And I really contemplated that question for a long time. I did not have an answer to it. But when I was sick and I only wanted one thing, and I was willing to do whatever it took, I could make it happen. Mm-hmm. So when I made it out of that. You know, I, I just applied that same mindset that I had to defeating cancer to every area of my life. I just got you know, I got pissed off to beat cancer. Cancer was going to be my victim. And mm-hmm. that was my mentality of going to war. Like cancer patients don't shave their head because their hair's falling out. It's because they're going to war. You have to battle. That has to be your mindset. And so when I came out, I, I was pissed off for greatness. You know, I, I, because at that point I would have died an inconsequential man. I accomplished nothing. In fact, I tried to damage my life up until that point. So when I got better, I had the transformation, found a nutrition coach, which led me to this industry. But that self-development that I had always learned from podcasts and acquiring that knowledge, I just wanted to be able to give back. Mm-hmm. And I never knew that I'd eventually get into motivational speaking. I never knew I would eventually speak on stage with Ed Milet. I never knew that all of these things would have happened six years ago. But I went to Coaching Con. I spoke there. It was an absolutely amazing event. And I just kind of felt like a hypocrite. I was telling people to overcome their fears and how to overcome them and how to reframe pain and how to reframe experience. And I had been procrastinating for 18 months on this podcast. Mm-hmm. And so I literally, when I flew home, you know, spent some time with my girlfriend. I remember Saturday night, we were sitting outside next to a fire. It was a nice, finally a nice spring day in Nashville. And she, I was like, I should start my podcast. She's like, well, why not? Once again, I didn't have an answer. So at 10 o'clock at night, we ran down to my office and by Sunday, six o'clock podcast, I had no idea how to do this, but podcast was up. YouTube was up. Graphics were done. Podcast was recorded and it was go time. I think that was like eight weeks ago. Yeah. I mean, it's just amazing to listen to you talk. So you definitely have a gift for sure. Now, did you have that passion before cancer and going through treatment? Like it's just this, like, I don't know. You're so focused. You're so determined. And I mean, you speak well, you have everything going for you now. It's like, was that just the light switch or like what had changed? Yeah, I, I've came out, man, a ball of fire. I, I was, uh, I was a month overdue. I was like 10 and a half pounds when I was born and I came out flexing, man. I've just been a naturally fire, fiery, uh, passionate person my whole life. I was a hellraiser. I like really sorry for the things I put my mom through as a kid, but I grew up on a 75 acre horse farm and I've been working my ass off since I was six years old. Like at top, we had like 24, 25 horses and I was an only child. So if you don't know what that means to live on a farm as an only child, it means you're doing a lot of work. And so I've never been shy of work and I was always competitive because I understood that if I was at football practice or hockey practice, I wasn't working on the farm. So I played sports year round from the age of, I started at five all the way to 18 and um, just always went on the field or went on the ice, assumed a leadership position and always been a very passionate, fiery person. I'm from like outside of Philadelphia, New York. So the saying is we wear our hearts on our sleeves, even when we're not wearing sleeves. 
So that's me. <laughs> well, you definitely show it, man. Um, and, and I'm also and I, I'm also like your stereotypical Eagles fan, very passionate people. So <laughs> that's that's us. I love that. You and Sean have a lot, a lot in common, like 10 and a half pound baby. <laughs> grew up on a farm. Sean grew up on a dairy farm. Yeah. So you know about shoveling manure, man. Like there's no more humbling experience than spending hours shoveling another horse's manure or another animal's manure. Yeah. It's a humbling experience. You know, at, at the end of the day though, I don't think I would change it though. No, my kids are going to a farm. They're not going to summer camp. They're going to a farm and they're going to shovel, shovel manure and they're going to learn. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm not even joking. They're going to learn. <laughs> well, let's talk about clarity. I guess on my podcast or on our podcast, I always want to give people action steps yep. that they can actually, you know, physically do something with. So we, um, you know, kind of messaged back and forth about how, you know, kind of what that looks like as far as generating a massive action plan. And I know that you talk about that a lot on your podcast, um, but for our listeners, how did you, how did you come up with this massive action plan? And when did you start deciding that that is really what's going to, I guess, get me to reach my goals is creating this plan of action. Yeah. I love to acquire knowledge. I've always just been fascinated with why human beings do things from a very early age. In fact, I wanted to be a, um, a criminal psychologist growing up. I wanted to go to John Jay college in New York city and and study criminals because I'm just so fascinated by the human condition. And, uh, along the way that never happened. Um, I, in my self-development journey, I found Tony Robbins, right. Who's like the goat, right. He's the greatest coach of all time. And it's, it's his concept. It's definitely not my concept, but it's rooted once again in NLP. And the map is a massive action plan. But before we have the map, what we want to do is create what's called RPM. And RPM is what we need to create the momentum. R stands for results. So we're going to be result driven. P um, is for your purpose. And then M is your massive action plan. And with that, what we do is we, in, we create mass and velocity. That combined creates momentum and momentum will give you radical change quickly towards your highest self, but you have to create a target. You have to create an aim, a focus and a direction, because if you do not know where you're going, you're unnavigated in life. You're like a top, you're like a a compass that's just broken and spinning. You're Mm -hmm. a little over here, you're a little over there, but you're not actually going on an upward trajectory towards your highest potential. So how the hell do we do that? Like, First, as entrepreneurs, one of the things that we love to do is we love to procrastinate and we love to have um, paralysis by analysis. And I was a classic case of that. And let me tell you that multitasking is bullshit. It does not exist. Yeah. So stop telling yourself you're a good multitasker because you're not. You task switch. That's right. all you're doing, right? This has been proven. So yeah. what I wanted to do is I wanted, I actually took a combination of what Andy Frazella was doing before 75 hard, which was called um, the power list. Mm-hmm. And I took what Tony was doing and I applied it to my own life. And what I came up with is this concept that's called circle of W. It's not, it's like concepts of other people, right? And the first thing that we want to do is we want to brainstorm and brainstorming is, and this has to be on paper. And the reason that it's on paper is because it's called spelling, right? So you're casting a spell, like this is actual metaphysical, you know, type behavior of where we're bringing thought form and energy into the real world physical plane. So you have to write this down and everyone knows this, but like 1% of the population does this. And it's no coincidence that 1% of the population also owns 97% of the world's wealth. 
Mm-hmm. Same for 1% writing down their goals. Okay. So write down your goals. You're going to write down 20 goals. You're going to brainstorm. This could be as small as, you know, I want to lose. Well, that's actually big. I want to lose weight or I want a Louis Vuitton bag or I want to go on vacation or whatever. It could be material. It could be personal. It could be goal setting and self-development. So and I like to say write down 20 because I think too many times we like have, we like focus on one and then we get scared to write down littler goals that we could, you know, yeah. get to. Right. And you have to chunk, like you, you want to make big goals, like big promises, like people okay. laugh at you. Like I have this goal. You guys can laugh at me, but before I die, I want to figure out a way to contribute to cure cancer. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to figure out a way to scale my life if, and get to that destination. And on the way who I become hopefully allows me to do that, but we're going to write down our 20 goals. So that's your brainstorming. Then you take those 20 and you're going to prioritize them in the top most five important goals for you. Okay. Now the other 15, you avoid at all costs, right? Because mm-hmm. those are the distractions. Those are the, the shiny blingy objects that, you know, make ah. it squirrel a little over here, a little over there, and we get distracted. So like you can have those, but you can have those later only after you get the top five yep. next to the top five. And this is what, this is the purpose. This is the P. So we have our, now we have our five goals. Now we need P. P is our purpose or our promise. So next to those goals, you're going to write the name of the person who it's going to affect when you reach that goal. Not mom, not dad, not my kids, their name, Jennifer Baker, Nancy Baker, Sarah Garner, right? And you're going to say, when I hit this goal, this is going to affect my mother because I'm then it's going to allow me to buy the dream farm that I've always wanted to buy her that she doesn't have to work. So now we have an emotional driver because you already know you're going to run out of motivation because you have your whole entire life. And the problem isn't motivation. The problem is, is you're not creating momentum. And the only thing you need to know about motivation is what you do when you are not motivated. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now we have our result. Now we have our emotional driver. The emotional driver should create the compelling future. So when you don't want to get up on the first alarm, you don't want to send the extra email. You don't want to do the extra sales call. You don't want to do the extra collaboration. You don't want to do the Facebook live. Now, how am I going to look myself in a mirror and say, oh no, Nick, you, you don't have to do cardio. You can go down and eat the pizza. You don't have to do these things today and look myself in the mirror where my goals are written down and say, no, you can cut corners because your mom's only you know nearly 60 years old. And you can cut, you can take a playoff. You can take a day off. Like, how do I look myself in the mirror and say that when I've made a promise as big as that to my mother? So now I have my emotional driver. Yes. And I love how, um, I think it was in, I don't remember which podcast it was, but you talked about how like the, the brain wanting to keep you safe, keep you alive. Like these are old tools, right? So so us getting outside of our comfort zone and getting uncomfortable, I mean, you've, you've really got to work hard to train your brain to get there because our brain has for millions of years tried to keep us safe in this comfort zone. Correct. You're, you have a 2 million year old mind that's designed to keep you alive, not to keep you happy. Right? Oh, so, yeah. Not to keep you and, happy. Yeah. Right. And it's in your consciousness is literally an error management system to the frameworks and algorithms and structures built into your subconscious. And so it goes, Oh, you made a mistake. You better oh, you, you paint, judge that person, do this. Right. And so it constantly is telling you you're in error, but we're the only thing in the whole entire world that we know of that has that no other animal has that. 
And so you have to become aware that that voice in your head and all of those imposter and the self-sabotager and all those voices that is not the voice of your highest potential, they're there on design, but I'm in control and I control the narrative and the conversation. And by the way, I never negotiate with that person. Mm-hmm. Once the deal's made, I don't negotiate with anyone. Yeah. The deal has been made with myself. Okay. Here's the date, June 17th, 2022. The deal has been set and signed in the mirror. There's now no negotiating with the imposter. Um, and, but you can only do that if you have the emotional driver, that's what people don't identify. That's what fills up your tank. Right. Well, I think like having something like your competition, for example, like the, the trophy, the experience, the day of the competition, that's only going to get you so far, right? Like to me, that's an amateur goal, right? But in order to, to get to the point pro level, like I agree with you, you've got to have some sort of emotional driver behind that because it's going to get so hard and monotonous for years before you're able to get to that level. And so you can't just, it can't just be for the day. It can't be just for how great you look. It can't be just for the trophy. It's got to be something bigger than that for you to be able to goal like that. Think about that. If it's bigger than you, it's above you. Mm -hmm. So if it's above me, it's higher than me. So it's now at my highest self, my highest potential. I have to obtain it. I have to reach it. Yep. And who I become on the way to obtaining that can never be taken away. The medals can be taken away. You know, I could lose my pro card. It could burn up, right? Like all of those material, but who I have to become on the pursuit of that can't. And then that, not ironically, but fundamentally will change the lives of everyone around me. And it happens every time. You watch it happen in families all the time where one person radically transforms their life, maybe by diet and and fitness, and they lost a bunch of weight. And what does everyone in the family do? How'd you do that? What are you doing? Teach me the way. Mm -hmm. Every single time, like without fail. So on your purpose and... um, you're talking about in the mirror. Are you like literally writing that in your mirror and you're looking at it every day? Are you actually going to your mom and, and giving her your purpose and promise and fulfilling that? Or like, how are you going about um, writing this down? Yeah. On my bathroom mirrors, my five goals for 2021, um, very close already halfway through to checking off about three of them. And then uh, just like my affirmation, it just says you will win junior nationals 2022. And I look at it every single day because that's the mirror test. That's, I call it allowing the dead wood to burn, right? And you have to, it's terrible when the forest burns down, right? It's like, it's destructive, but it literally allows the regrowth of the forest and to have more growth and more diversity at some point into the future. And inside of us, there's all this dead weight, this anchor that holds you down, that keeps you stuck. And these are conversations you have to have in the mirror that I have with myself, look at myself dead in the eye into the black iris part of my eye and have a real conversation about what I am and uh, am and no longer willing to tolerate in my life. And that goes back to that vision and that clarity Um, because no one else is going to do it and no one else is in a better position to change your own life than you. And you have to allow the deadwood to burn metaphorically. It's the bits and pieces of you that you know that you should allow to let go, but you hold on to anyways. Mm-hmm. And that's called the sin of omission. That's called being willfully blind. I do know, and I should have changed this aspect about myself or my business or my communication, but I actively made a decision not to know. That is a sin of omission. 
And if you break down the word sin to its root element, it means to miss the mark. It means to miss the target. It means to miss the aim, your highest self and your and who you actually could be, you know, the creator's vision. And I don't believe there's any worse sin than a sin of omission, right? There's sin of commission. I acted it out, but we all know like the worst crimes and the worst trials and all these things is like when we could have prevented it, but we didn't. So mm -hmm. why do you not prevent the things in your own life that you know are holding you down and, and dragging you down and keeping you stuck? You got to allow that to burn. And the only way to allow it to burn is through the truth because the truth burns everything inside of you that is not worthy of your highest self. That's why it hurts. That's why you turn red. That's why you get hot inside. That's the burning of the deadwood. And most people don't want to allow that to happen because it's uncomfortable to them. Okay. And as we know, there's no growth in a comfort zone. So allow it to burn, have a real honest conversation in the mirror with yourself Look at your goals every single day, and that is the definition of mindset. I literally set my mind into the vision of my highest self. And if I work long enough to keep myself there intellectually and emotionally, and I vibrate at my highest potential long enough, guess what happens? Law of attraction kicks in, and now I attract and manifest the life I want into the physical world. Sounds hokey. Sounds like you know rainbows and unicorns and leprechauns. But guess what? I've researched some of the, I don't want to say all, but a lot of very successful people in all industries. And they all say the same thing. And they all say this. Manifestation is huge. So mm -hmm. what's the M in the RPM? Is your massive action plan, right? And so we have, we have our result. We identify our results, what we want. We identify our purpose and our promise. That's our emotional driver. And now our massive action plan is the five critical tasks or the five, I call them the five actionable steps forward to win the day. And these five steps, you can get them done in the first four or five hours a day. You've won the day, but these are the steps that reinforce those five goals, right? And so for me right now, I'm extremely strict. Those five steps are, I have to eat my meal plan exactly as it says. I have to do my workout exactly as it says. I have to do my cardio exactly as it says. I have to take all my supplements in the windows exactly when it says, and I have to listen to at least 30 minutes of a podcast every day for my continuing education and acquire knowledge. If I do all those five things, which I typically get done by noon, because I wake up at three, then my day's one, like there's no stress. There's no anxiety. I don't have to worry. I can put my head down and know that I won the day because I chunked down my goals and that's called chunking in NLP, which is very important as well. So that is circling the W that's then that's going up to the calendar. Yeah. So I, we, in our methodology, we use a calendar. And if you get check off all five actionable steps in the day, you circle the W on that day. And oh, I love that. won the day. And if you do that long enough, you literally stack wins. You stack W's. If you go Monday to Monday to Monday to Monday, you win the whole month. You look at that calendar, you got four or five W's stacked, right? And that's the momentum forward. And that momentum can radically change your life. People radically underestimate how quickly they can change your life. Like, give me 30 days. If you cannot do something for 30 days, you got a problem. Like, yep. sorry, but you do. And what happens is, is, is you watch this in our methodology, you watch it build up. It, it builds confidence. It builds momentum. It builds velocity. And you start developing skill sets. Those skill sets open up doors of opportunity. Well, you got to walk through that door and guess what? You're in a new room with new people, having new conversations, 
And this is what happened to me. I was in the same industry for 15 years, got laid off um, because of COVID, made the least amount of money I ever did in 2020. And, and within 18 months, radically changed my life financially, changed careers, changed positions, changed industries. And the next year paid more in taxes than I had actually earned in total in 2020. Right. And you're like, well, you're stupid for paying. No, that's how well I did. And I still saved a ton on my taxes. Right. And I did that from a moment from 20 March, 2020, when I was laid off and had a new job and radically transformed everything in my life by January 1st of 2021. Yeah. And I kind of, I understand that because that's no bullshit. I've listened to a few of your sales calls and I saw how much talent and how much passion and how much you bring to it. There's no doubt that you're making more than ever. Like it's, it's <laughs> sick, man. Thank you. And I, and I don't say that to like impress anyone, but to impress upon you that anything is possible. Cause like, we haven't talked about my story, but like, I come from like a farm from the 1900s and my other side of my family was four or five trailers on a trailer park. Like I come from middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania, like mine, mining towns and cold towns. Right. So uh, it's just, it's still unbelievable to me, but it all happened from one, having a result two having a purpose and three, creating a massive action plan, that map. And that's your way forward. Cause without a map, how do you know where you're going? How do you know where you're navigating? And you need to have a map for your personal life, for your relationships, for your business, for your personal development, for your spiritual development. And you just run those maps. I bet it's a big number, but how many W's do you have circled right now in a row? I made a promise to myself if I circled 125 W's in a row, that there would be no way that I didn't win my pro card. And that was a promise I made to myself. So I have 21 days left. So that's 104 in a row. Yeah. That's the most of my life too. So that's awesome, man. And how much power do you think there is in, and physically writing it and physically cir- circling it and yeah. seeing it? Yeah. I mean, it's, that's literally the momentum when you're circling you, it's, it's, <laughs> it's magical for me. It literally transformed my life. And you also hang it in an area where high traffic area where you're going to see it because the adverse of this is, is you got the L's too. Cause we didn't talk about that. Cause if you, you know, some, some people that do this, they stack up L's for a week, you know, and then, and then Monday comes, they're like, I'm sick of this. And then I watch weeks or a month of dubs happen afterwards. So you also, and that happened to me, like, you got to be honest, no one else you could throw up a dub, you could lie about it, but you throw up the L's and that's the other aspect of it. Like, shit, I need to get my shit together. Um, and that's, that's motivation. That's look, 64% of the general population are visual learners. Right. So yeah. Might as well make the visual cue for it. Absolutely. Let's talk about building a team a little bit more. And I feel like, you know, and Sean and I have recently experienced this with Fit CFO. For example, um, when we first started the concept, just to kind of give you a little bit of background about Fit CFO, um, when we first started this concept, we were literally in a room of health and fitness professionals realizing that um, we had this financial background that could really impact and help health and fitness entrepreneurs. Um, I was there for some nutrition coaching um, information and certifications. And, and this whole concept of fit CFO came, came up because Sean's financial advisor, I've been in the financial services for 12 years. And um, when we first started it though, it was really just like a one-on-one coaching model. 
But then we've realized, okay, we weren't getting everybody's financial data the way that we needed it because they didn't have proper bookkeeping. We decided to open up this concept of having a team. So Sean brought on an operations manager, which allowed us to really build a team for Fit CFO. So I guess my, my point to bring all this up is from what you've seen, trying to go it alone, which is what we were doing for the longest time with Fit CFO, to now building a team and we're able to really push on the accelerator by doing that is so impactful. We're able to help so many more health and fitness entrepreneurs that way. What is your experience with team building? It's the hardest part of the, anything that you will ever do. Not the marketing, not finding the leads, not making the perfect product, not doing the sales calls. It's the hardest thing you'll ever do. Um, I think it's extremely important as an entrepreneur, if you're going to start scaling your business and bringing on team members, before you do that, you have to st- establish what we call here at our company, our core tenants. Right. You have to come up, not your mission statement, but like, what are we fundamentally all about? What are our core values? And everything and everyone that you hire has to be a fit and a match back to that. Yep. I don't care about the skill sets, the talents. Let me tell you, when you're hiring, skill sets are bullshit. Right. I have all these skill sets. I can do all these things. I have this degree. Well, guess what? When stress of business and life come crashing down on an individual, the skill sets do not hold up the building. Attributes do. Mm-hmm. So I'm not so concerned with someone's skill sets. Great. Like every every CPA, every salesperson, every setter, whatever I'm going to hire for, generally you're going to have the same skill sets. But what is this person's attributes? When shit hits the fan, how do they react? Are they neurotic? I cannot work with neurotic people. If you are highly susceptible to negative emotion, can't work with you. I just can't because you're you're emotionally unstable. And when you're emotionally unstable, I can't count on you to make good decisions. Right. Absolutely. Our, conscientiousness is the second highest predictor of success in this world. So IQ is number one, but the problem with IQ is it's baked in after the age of like 16 or 17. Your, your, your IQ is going to be what it is after that. There's some people arguing that you can, but I haven't seen it. So then beyond that is going to be conscientiousness. How conscientious is this person? Um, How agreeable are they? Now, you don't want someone that's a yes man, but you don't want someone that says no all the time. So you want to gauge that as well. Uh, Mm -hmm. If you're hiring for sales or marketing or forward-facing people in your business or customer service or people that are going to be dealing with your end user, they have to be uh, extroverted. Like they have to be able to turn on extroversion. Now I can be really introverted at times, but I can turn on and know when to become introverted. My boss, Jason Phillips, naturally introverted, but if you ever watched him, you'd never know that because he knows how to turn it on. So that you have to be careful of that one. Uh, And I talked about agreements. That's called ocean, by the way, which is your five O C E A N. There's lots of personality trait crap out there, but ocean is the best. I hire and use the scale of ocean when I hire people. The second thing is when I'm hiring, I'm identifying people. I want to ask them like really bizarre off the wall questions. So one of my favorite questions to ask someone is if you had a window washing company in downtown Seattle, how much would you charge to wash all of the windows downtown? It has nothing to do with their job, nothing to do with anything, but I want to see their problem solving skills 
because I will get people that will answer that question. I'm afraid of heights. So I'm going to charge $2,000 a window. Then I'll have people answer it. Well, I Googled this. I found this answer. There's this many buildings. I know there's this many windows per floor. I know since there's this many skyscrapers in Seattle, this many windows per floor, and they do all the math, then they break it down. Then they're like, well, I visited a couple of websites and I saw what the competition is doing. Like, doesn't matter the problem they face when I hire them. Is that person going to be able to use chain logic, reason, and deduction to figure it out? Or are they going to constantly come back to me, the business owner, to ask me how to solve the problem? Yeah. So that's what I want to, I want to know. Tell me about a time you drove in bad weather. You know, how many tennis balls fit into a school bus? Why are the manhole covers on the street round? And I want to know how people solve problems. All the other things I can teach you. Yep. I can teach you all the skill sets. That's easy. That's the easy part. Do you fit the culture? And are you a good problem solver? And for me personally, I can't work with highly neurotic people. <laughs> you want them to come to you and tell you how they created the solution instead of how do you want me to do that? Or you stay, you want your employees to come to you and say, hey, here's the problem. Here's the solution I thought of. Do you think this would work? That's yep. how I want problems to be uh, presented to me. Um, not here's the problem with no context. Hey boss, do you mind if you do all the work required to ask all the questions to figure it out? Because, uh, I don't value your time. And then that's going to piss me off because I would never go to my boss and be like, how do I fix this? <laughs> it's like, it's like someone, then people do it to me quite a bit. <laughs> it's like someone coming to a coach and DM, DMing a, a nutrition coach. Like, how do I lose weight? Like such an open-ended question. Where do I start? Right. Yeah. yeah. So I really value problem solvers, but people who can also find problems. Yes. That's very important. Yep. Absolutely. Maybe they can point something out that you didn't even realize. As far as advice, there's two people that I absolutely love on the topic of leadership and they're both very similar. And I, I, I can only assume, but I'm, I'm assuming they one influenced the other. Um, obviously John C. Maxwell, like if you're not consuming John C. Maxwell leadership books and you're an entrepreneur, you're costing yourself money every single day. I start with, I believe the 21 irrefutable laws of leadership, but you have to learn and read John C. Maxwell stuff, John Wooden. So John Wooden was the UCLA coach. Who's like the greatest coach of all time, like undefeated 13 seasons in a row, won 12 championships in a row, but he wrote a bunch of so simple and easy to understand leadership books. I think, and I believe John Wooden highly influenced John C. Maxwell because they're very similar styles, but super simple to read and profound in my life and leadership. I love too, that you talk about following um, early on in your journey, the MF CEO, we actually reference uh, Andy Frisella quite a bit because he's such a huge believer in having your financial picture in order, understanding your cash flow statement in your business. And, and that is so powerful to hear from um, somebody of that caliber, how important it is in the finances. Um, you know, we can have these huge launches, we can have this amazing business, but if it's built on a house of cards financially, it can all fall down and crumble. And I, and I love that he believes in that concept. Um, Ed Milet obviously is one of our favorites as well. Yeah. And, and being able to watch him speak is, is huge. He's also a huge believer. We listened to the, um, yeah. oh gosh, I'm not going to remember it. The Mercedes versus the, 
What was the box car? His typo. Thing? It, was, it was his fake Mercedes that he had. Yes, it was a kit car. A kit car. <laughs> kit car. <laughs> That's what it was. So yeah, I mean, it just I love. Uh, yeah, I definitely love those guys. So super great. John Maxwell is amazing. John Wooden. I I haven't uh, listened to or, or read a lot of his stuff, but I definitely will look into that one. But I love. I love. To me, one of the most attractive things on earth is people who can take really high level concepts and explain it really simply like that in itself is a massive, massive skill. Like if you, you know, some people takes like a set, I'm this person, it takes me like two or three paragraphs to make my point. And then there's the people I really respect, like they make the same point in like four or five words. And that's what I'm trying to get to. (laughs) Well, I, Really appreciate you being on today, Sean. Did you have any other questions? I just uh, wanted to thank Nick for coming on. Uh, love watching your journey. I'm going to keep rooting for you, man. So good luck. Absolutely. He's got a big competition coming up June 17th. So make sure you tune in for that. Make sure you follow him on social media. I'm going to link everything in the show notes. Um, where can our listeners find you? Yeah, I'm mostly on uh on Instagram and TikTok, and that's at uh, at Nick Ross Speaks. And you can find the podcast on Instagram. It's called at Circle the W, all one word. Fantastic. I'll link that in the show notes. And thanks again for being on today. Yeah, it was an absolute pleasure. I had a lot of fun, guys. Look forward to doing it again. If you like this episode, please be sure to subscribe and turn on your notifications so that you don't miss a beat. We'd love it if you shared this podcast, your Instagram story, your Facebook page, or any of your other social media platforms so that we can help other health and fitness entrepreneurs out there succeed in business. We so appreciate you listening in. And until next time, keep your goals high, but keep each step attainable.